Housings of the Aged Action Group, Hague for short, a housing group for older people run by older people. Present Raise the Roof! We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. That's right, you're listening to Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Aged Action Group show here on 3CR. My name is Shane. Uh, I do not have my regular co-host Fiona with me today. Instead, I have wrangled uh, my hag co-worker Stephanie to come in today. How are you doing, Stephanie? Hey, I'm great. <laughs> um, so you're a, a care finder at hag? Yeah. Um, if Listeners, if you don't know what a care finder is, do not fear. You're about to know all about it because earlier today, uh, Stephanie and I spoke with uh, Kobe, who is uh, HAG's Manager of National Advocacy and Community Education, to talk all about CareFinder. Uh, so I'm going to throw you now to my earlier self, who will introduce this interview, and uh, we'll be back with you uh, shortly. Today, we're talking about a new federal government program called CareFinder. HAG is going to be one of the many organizations across the country that are actually delivering CareFinder. So we wanted to talk about both uh, what's good about CareFinder and what's not so good? What's more of a problem with the new approach or uh, some of the, the policy issues that it brings with it? Um, and also how older people can get the assistance that they need from CareFinder, which obviously is very important. Um, let's start with what it actually is. So, uh, Stephanie, could you start us off? Tell the listeners a bit about what CareFinder is actually going to do for older people. Okay, so what happened as a result of the Royal Commission, they realised that there's a lot of older people out um, out there with um, needing care but not being able to find it. Um, uh, and that's because, like, the previous system was that you had to do it online, is that right? I think, yeah, the, the My Age Care was set up basically as a call centre and a website. Yeah. <laughs> so it made it a bit difficult for a lot of people, yeah. Yeah, so not super supportive for, for people's needs. And when we say care, like, do we just mean residential care or what's... No, it's primarily um, home care in the home. Um, so the the aim and the policy is to, you know, keep people that want to stay at home, living at home for as long as possible, independently, yeah. Okay, and what sort of services or what sort of care would they, they get or need as part of that? So the main one that most people need help with is just basic cleaning around the house, mm-hmm. um, you know, vacuuming, um, mopping, ironing, um, helping with shopping, yeah. um, getting to appointments if they're no longer driving anymore, um, mm-hmm. some personal care if they need a bit of help in the shower. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're the main ones. Yeah, yeah, right. And so CareFinder is replacing an earlier program called uh, ATCH, uh, Assistance with Carer Housing. Do I have? Is that what it was called? <laughs> so uh, Stephanie's <laughs> nodding, so that's all right. Um, Fiona asked me to talk a bit about HAG's history with the ATCH program because... In the late 90s, our members were lobbying the federal government to provide a service like this to assist older people, um, particularly older renters and people at risk of homelessness. And that resulted in a pilot project under Kim Beasley's Labor government at the time. And I don't even remember this. (laughs) I remember Kim Beasley. (laughs) Wait, Kim Beasley wasn't the Prime Minister? Am I crazy, Fiona? I'm sure. It, maybe it wasn't Kim Beasley. Okay, so Kim Beasley was a member of the Labor government at the time. I think I misread this. Excuse me. 
Uh, <laughs> listeners, just just my apologies. Uh, I'm not old enough to remember clearly, but um, in the in the nineties, under the Labor government, uh, Atchell, it was called then, was announced at a forum on the Mornington Peninsula to Hague members. Uh, organised by one of our founder, founders, Bernie Duff, who listeners might remember from our, our interview with him a, a little while ago. HAG has had a strong involvement with the, the Atcher and Atch programs. We've been running the Victorian Atcher Network since 1998, and that's been sort of an important forum for workers who um, often, you know, Atch workers have been pretty isolated in larger organisations or they've been the sole workers in remote areas um, to be able to compare notes and support each other to, to get better results for their clients. Uh, we've also been or were the central intake point for the ATCHA program in Victoria, which meant we were listening to older people at risk of homelessness, uh, finding out what they need, and then referring them to our partner ATCH providers in other regions. And we also provided outreach support, our fantastic housing support team, mainly in the northern and western regions of Melbourne. And in 2015, the ATCHA program was taken in by the Commonwealth Home Support Program and became ATCH. They dropped that final A. Uh, this meant we became part of the national aged care system under my aged care, which presented issues, you know, like we were just talking about uh, for older people without access to the internet. And then we participated in a review of the program in 2020. And as, again, Stephanie mentioned, following the Royal Commission into Aged Care, it was announced that the ACH program would be finishing up and replaced by Care Finders. Um, and as well as ACH, uh, we've also had over the last few years our System Navigator program, which uh, Stephanie, is what you had been working on, uh, which basically, in a similar similar way, I think, uh, basically helped older people use the My Age Care system. Uh, so, uh, Stephanie, I'll address this to you as well. How is CareFinder going to be different from older programs like Atch and System Navigator? Well, Kobe can talk about the differences between Atch and mm-hmm. the current uh, the CareFinder, um, but as in terms of the Age Care System Navigator, it was a trial. So th- mm-hmm. they knew they wanted to introduce the care finder, but they, they, they didn't have anything to go on. So they implemented the trial to say, okay, what, what, what are we going to need? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what skills are the c- people going to need to have that are going to provide this service? Yeah. So they, they finished that trial now, finished at the end of last year. Care finder started as of the um, start of January this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will basically be doing the same thing. Like we fine-tuned a lot of things over the trial. Yep. We sort of think some things work and some things don't, you know, so we sort of weeded out a few things. Um, so, you know, obviously it's like any program, it's kind of still being tweaked along the way and, mm-hmm. you know, they'll work out things. But, you know, it's up and running. So that's the main thing. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Um, so, Kobe, Stephanie has uh, sort of batted this half of the question <laughs> over to you. So how is CareFinder going to be different from Atch and Atcha? Well, in the first instance, CareFinder is going to be commissioned by the primary health networks. Um, so there are six primary health networks in Victoria, and so the service is going to be divided up by region. I guess just noting, stating the obvious, that the system navigator and ACH will no longer exist in the form that it has prior to this. Um, and the, I think the thing about CareFinder is that its emphasis is really on aged care and aged care supports, as Steph mentioned, in terms of uh, providing the support for people to stay at home. There is reference to the needs of older people at risk of and experiencing homelessness, but the emphasis is not there in the same way as it was for the ACH program. Um, and so we know that older people who are at risk of homelessness are experiencing homelessness, they're primarily 
focus is on their immediate housing needs. They need sort of secure and affordable housing before they can think about anything else. So our concern, one of our concerns about the care finder is that that group's needs um, will not get met um, through care finder support in the same way as ACH support um, uh, did target that group. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's right there in the name that, that the ACH program involved this recognition that care and housing were fundamentally connected for older people. And I mean, in terms of the people that HAG has, you know, housed or, or helped into secure housing over the last decades, really, like not all, but a, a large proportion of those people were, were coming through that, that ACH program in one way or another. Um, so it is a, a, a bit of a worry that, that some of that focus has gone away. Um, Kobe, what support do older people at risk of homelessness need to access assistance and, and do we think that CareFinder will provide that? Well, I think it's important just to recognise that we're talking about a couple of different systems. So we're talking about the aged care system, which is largely federally funded and, and the supports through CareFinder are um, uh, delivered through uh, primary health, health network uh, providers. Um, the housing and homelessness system is largely a state-based system mm-hmm. and so I think that the, uh, there's a potential gap between those systems. Um, the sorts of support that older people need um, who are at risk of homelessness is um, help to sort of look at their housing options, help to pre- um, prepare their housing applications um, or social and affordable housing and then potentially help to move. But the other thing that's important is that the housing and homelessness system, state-based system, is very much crisis-oriented. So that sort of level of support that older people need is not there if you front up at a housing office Mm. or a homelessness service. Um, They might be able to assist you with... um, you know, some vouchers um, or, um, you know, some short-term accommodation, but they're not um, really going to be able to provide the sorts of support to make sure that someone can actually access social housing. Um, so that's one of the things that we're concerned, that there will be a gap um, in the in the care finder, as well as the fact that we know that older people at risk of homelessness don't tend to front up at services. They're often quite hidden. They might not even recognise their own risk of homelessness. So... Mm. Um, We've, as you know, at HAG has developed sort of specific expertise in the way in which um, we connect with uh, people and talk to them about their housing situation before they're at risk. Um, So that will take more of a preventative approach. And that's not really there in the care finder, at least as the way the guidelines are written. And so, again, we're concerned that that the needs, the actual sort of one-on-one support needs of individuals who are at risk of homelessness might not be met. All right. Um, thank you. The your Sorry, listeners, you are on 3CR. It's 8.55am. You're listening to Raise the Roof. Uh, my name's Shane, and I'm here with Steph and Kobe from HAG talking about the new CareFinder system. So, Kobe, what does all this mean for HAG and HAG's clients? Well, we have Steph mentioned. I mean, it's, we're in a transition uh, program, uh, you know, process whereby you know we'll we'll need to sort of see how things play out in terms of um, the delivery of CareFinder, um, both um, our service delivery, but also we're not yet sure about who all the other providers are going to be. 
um, will continue to provide support um, uh, through our Home at Last service. Um, but as I said, I guess we need to sort of wait and see what it means in terms of the sorts of supports that can be provided to people. Um, we know, for example, that CareFinder doesn't offer a brokerage assistance, which we often uh, use that funding um, to help people who you know, need some of the basics or need help um, with the costs of moving. Mm. Um, that's not provided under CareFinder. So we'll continue to offer the same sort of support and assistance where we can. We will need to be referring out to other services, um, but we'll have to sort of watch and wait and see how things actually play out in practice. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if that's about that, that gap that you identified between, you know, the, the federal and the state responsibilities, that the, the federal government not really dealing directly with housing very much uh, isn't doesn't understand that people actually need money to move house, that it's not just a matter of, I don't know, get, getting getting driven across town to the new place. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Um, th- those sort of practical things will um, make a difference. Um, as we know, it's, you know, that providing that level of assistance to help people set up is absolutely critical for people who don't have basics such as, you know, a bed or a washing machine. Um, mm. And certainly the cost of moving is very, very high. Um, so that's been really invaluable, I think, in terms of the home at last support that we've offered to people today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Steph, what types of issues come up for your clients and, and what can you do to assist them? Um, well, a lot of people get stuck even when they you know, get a, a home care package. They go through the whole process to get a home care package. But then it's very daunting for people to actually choose which provider to actually take up that package for them. So what does that look like? You get some sort of document from the government that says you can get this and now you've got to go out and find one? Yeah, yeah. And it's completely left up to the individual to do that. Um, that that's good, right? That's consumer choice. We love oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Capitalism reigns. <laughs> But yeah, and, and it's very daunting for people to, you know, have to sort of be, uh, ring up all these providers, find out about what their fee structure is, what services they provide, mm. um, and not just with one, have to do it with a few, you know. Um, so we, we help with that. You know, we can, we can find a few providers for them, help them contact the providers, find that information for them, help them compare providers and, you know, ultimately the choice is theirs, which one they want to go with. So we just help with that whole process. Um, so that's, we get a lot of calls um, with that. And a lot of people, on the, if they don't get a home care package, they get um, funding through the Commonwealth Home Support Program. And that's even more complicated <laughs> because for each individual service that I was telling you about before, there's a separate referral code. <laughs> So one person who needs five different services has five different referral codes that they have to issue to often five different providers (laughs) to get those services. I mean, couldn't they have made it a bit more simple? (laughs) And so, again, you're able to help them with that process to to manage that? Yeah. So we, um, if they allow us to be a representative um, with My Age Care, we can access the referral codes for them um, and then contact providers see if they have availability to provide that service, issue them with the referral code and make sure that they, you know, the contact is established and the service is delivered. And, I mean, do you see much difference between the providers? Like, I, I'm not very familiar with this process. Like, yeah. yeah. Can you there is. It? There's a huge difference. Um, 
but in my role, I'm not allowed to specifically recommend one. Sure. Yeah, but you know, I I usually give them a bit of a short list and say, well, you can go with these people or these people. You know, mm-hmm. um, but in some cases, there's actually no availability for some services in some areas. Yeah, right. And so they go through this whole process <laughs> of getting assessed and everything, and then at the end, there's there's nothing. In the, the trial that we just finished, we had this phrase, navigating to, to, to nowhere. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> sometimes there was no funding. There's not enough funding for the services that people need. So I've got a lot of people waiting for services for months and months because the services just aren't there. And these are services that it's been, you know, formally identified that they need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Basic I, cleaning services. And there's a real shortage of workers at the moment. It's very, very difficult. Um, yeah, I mean, it sounds very similar to the, to the housing system in some ways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Kobe, what is HAG asking the federal government to do about supporting older people at risk of homelessness in all of this? So, two things. Um, I mean, we're asking them to specifically recognise the needs of older people at risk of and experiencing homelessness. And um, in that, just understand that um, the, the care finder as it's currently designed, um, there, there are some risks that, that older people will not be supported and get the support that they need. Um, the other thing is just to recognise um, that we are working, uh, the systems are trying to work across federal and state funded programs and, and systems. Um, Sorry, that's fumbled that a little bit. But, you know, essentially recognise that there's, again, gaps potentially um, and the sorts of support um, that people need are more that one-on-one support to help them to, um, you know, get housing applications in, to get them help with moving and and, um, so forth. So so to recognise that this is a a specialist area of expertise and and, um, specialist support that is needed for older people um, who are at risk of homelessness. I think the um, other thing, just to pick up on what Seth said earlier, is I think a lot of people don't realise that they actually still have to pay for the aged care services. Mm. That, you know, it's, it's only it's subsidised. It, it's a yeah. subsidised service. Yeah. So um, I know that people who have uh, low incomes, I'm not exactly sure what the thresholds are, but Steph, they are meant to um, be able to get um, support either uh, uh, reduced at a reduced rate or it shouldn't be a barrier to them getting support. But in practice, it, it is. And so I think that's also something that needs to be considered as well as special support. But, you know, how do we ensure um, low-income people who may be at risk of homelessness or having previously experienced homelessness are able to access the support as well? Yeah, that, that's so true. And I've had um, people who have refused services because they can't afford them. Even mm. if, you know, to us or, you know, to a lot of people, if you say, oh, that service is going to cost you $10 a week or even $7 a week or $5 a week, that's still, if someone's on the age pension, you know, yeah. it's not affordable for a lot of people. And a lot of people say, I, you know, they need the service, but they say, oh, I can't afford it. Yeah, I mean, what I'm hearing from you both is that, you know, the, the history of the ACH program is that it was set up with the interests of, of pensioners and working class older people in mind. And CareFinder seems like it's been set up much more with this image of older people as, you know, nice bourgeois homeowners who uh, just need a little bit of help to, you know, with the, with the cleaning or whatever, and not really a, a more general understanding of, of what it's like to be a, a pensioner in Australia today or, or an old person um, on other sorts of income support. 
So that's not really a question. If it it worked the way it should, like in the in the um, policy for the Commonwealth Home Support Program, it says no person should be denied a service because they can't afford it. Mm -hmm. That's what it says in the policy. (laughs) But when you actually talk to providers, there's very few providers that are actually willing to waive the fee. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're absolutely right, Jane. In that, um, you know, we we know that older people are fastest growing cohort experiencing homelessness in Australia and mm-hmm. we're seeing you know, significant increases in numbers of older people who are renting or are retiring with a mortgage and we know that those are risk factors for people um, in terms of homelessness um, and also we know that if someone's housing is insecure, um, if they you know, are being evicted or fear to being evicted or you know, so their circumstances change and they are know, at the precipice of homelessness, then housing is really the primary, the only thing that they'll be thinking about. And so you need to be able to provide support for, for those people, ideally to get them into safe and secure and affordable housing first, and then think about, you know, the other support needs and aged care supports and so forth. But the system seems to have it round the other way round. Mm. And I think that's where the risk is that this group's needs are not going to be met. Um, so our challenge is to ensure that that remains a fo- an area of focus and, and uh, for the government in seeing what happens when the system when the new care finder is rolled out um, that that the needs of this group um, are recognised and um, supports are, are available appropriate support. Um, absolutely. So I, I reckon uh, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you both so much for coming in to talk to us about the the new program today and its kind of strengths and uh, limitations and what HAG is going to be doing to make sure that uh, older people get the support that they need. Uh, We're going to hear a couple of community service announcements and then we'll be back with some more stuff. Opening its doors in 1987, Ross House has become an important part of the fabric of Melbourne. The organisations operating from Ross House form an eclectic patchwork of multicultural groups, self-help groups and small community organisations committed to social justice and environmental sustainability. Organisations such as the International Women's Development Agency, Human Rights Arts and Film Festival and the Wilderness Society have all called Ross House home. To find out more, please visit rosshouse.org.au. Ross House is a 3CR supporter. Did you miss 3CR's broadcast of the inaugural historic first Trans Pride March Melbourne on Sunday 13 November? Perhaps you want to break a binary and listen to it again. Well, either way, you can. It's now available for listening at 3cr.org.au, Trans Pride March Melbourne. Join in the historic occasion and support our trans and gender diverse communities here in Nam. 3CR Radical Radio, proudly supporting trans and gender diverse people as part of diversity in Nam. 
3cr.org.au Trans Pride March Melbourne. I know fire. I know that burning embers from bushfires can travel 30 kilometres, lighting new fires in seconds, like the one that burnt my house down. I know extreme fire danger ratings or above aren't announced often, but when they are, you need to be ready. Check the Vic Emergency app daily and be prepared to leave early. How well do you know fire? Plan, act, survive. Go to emergency.vic.gov.au. Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. A 3CR supporter. Um, so listeners, uh, well, actually, Stephanie, can you tell our <laughs> listeners uh, how they can find a care finder? Is that something they want to follow up? Sure. Um, hot off the press, it's just recently been added to the My Age Care website. So if you go into the My Age Care website, which is myagecare.gov.au, if you just type in the search box care finder um, and it will go to a page that says and it goes by all the areas around um, Australia because mm-hmm. it's an Australia-wide program. You just click on the area that you live in um, and it will come up with a list of care finders in your area. Okay. Yep. Um, and if people uh, need help with that, if they're not able to, to find a website themselves, they can yeah. give us a call at sure. HAG? Yeah, we'll give them, a, we'll give them help, to, help to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you do want to get in touch with HAG, there's a few ways you can do that. Um, if you want to call... Uh, the care finders, or uh, or get involved in some of HAG's policy advocacy work, like um, the the work to convince the federal government to focus more on housing and homelessness as uh, issues connected to care for older people. Um, you can give us a call on nine six five four seven three eight nine. That number again is nine six five four seven three eight nine. Um, if you are an older person with a, a housing issue, so you're not, not calling up about those other things, but specifically to get housing assistance, uh, you can call toll-free on 1300 765 178 uh, and speak to one of our intake workers. Uh, again, that number is 1300 765 178. Um, Stephanie, thanks so much for coming in today. Is there any last words of wisdom that you want <laughs> to leave our listeners with? Well, it's never too late. To ask for care. Never too late. To, <laughs> never too early either. Don't don't feel like you're going to wait. I'm going to ask for some care right after this show. The um, so thank you very much. That is our, our show for this fortnight. We'll be back in two weeks. Um, welcome to 2023, listeners. We'll be uh, continuing to bring you all the best news uh, and worst news about older people's housing issues. Uh, we are going to leave you today with a song uh, by request from Stephanie. Do you want to introduce the song? Yeah, it's Paul Kelly to her door. Um, thanks for listening. They got married early, never had no money. Then when he got laid off, they really hit the skids. He started up his drinking. Then they started fighting He took it pretty badly She took both the kids She said, I'm not standing by To watch you slowly die So watch me walking Out the door Out the door 
Just been here. 